face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. On another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, and this time I'm sitting. Thank I'm God. <laughs> you look tired the last time. All right. Well, at least my apartment. I was is, tired for you. I think you know it is good to stand up, though. It's good for your health. There's a lot of reasons why standing is not a bad thing. But not when you're discussing. Star Trek. Star Trek. You think it's a sit down in it's a, a casual s- and informal. <laughs> informal environment. So you think that Star Trek is definitely a sit down, a sit down so. type of conversation. Yeah, I, I think we would have to. St- yeah. All right. I'm gonna. You know what? I acquiesce to your wisdom. You know what? It's your show. You do. You do. You do whatever you want. It's maybe I'll stand up next time. I I consider it our show, even though I'm. The primary. You're host. the captain. I'm the captain. You're the captain. I'm the captain. We're both. Ca- it's captain. like Star Trek Six. Everyone's a captain on that bridge, pretty much. I mean, they're not all captains, which I think sh- should be corrected. I think they should all have been captains. But I think they're all captains, aren't they? <laughs> no, I think I went back and looked at. Is Chekhov not a captain? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think. And I think Uhura is not a captain. It's just Captain Spock, Captain Scott. And Captain Kirk. That those are the only captains. What's McCoy? Is McCoy not a? No, he's not a captain. Everyone else is a commander, which also is impressive. Don't get me wrong. You have all. Yeah, com- I know. Of course. You have yeah. commanders and captains, <laughs> like on all your your ships. You know. Your whole so, bridge staff. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot of people don't realize that. Captain Scott. Scotty's a cap- Scotty is a captain. Yet he, he, could, chooses, he chooses yeah. to still be the chief engineer. Engineer aboard he's, the Enterprise. He's he's married. Like you know, Kirk is too, but he has to share her with Scotty. That's <laughs> true. Like, it's true. Is so. that the source of the tension between Doohan and Shatner? It could be. Did they on some on some level? Did they both know that? I think they had to have. I mean, they're both great actors, and I can't imagine. You don't bring a little, a little bit back with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like how could you? I mean, it, it, I think you can. This is a weird way to start this episode. <laughs> a matter of perspective is what we're talking about today on Starfleet. <laughs> let's let's reel it in, Doctor. I'm going to reel it in for us. All right, go for it. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess we could do the summary together, like we've been doing. I'll leave. Okay. <laughs> uh, Riker. I was going to let you do it, and now I was going to have an apple pie. <laughs> Just enjoy it. Sit back. Let me see your apple pie. Is that from McDonald's? No, oh. oh, it's Krispy Kreme. 
Oh. Yeah. I didn't know they made apple pies even. I thought oh, yes. they only made Absolutely. donuts. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Delicious. So go ahead. Well, while you eat your apple pie there, which is very funny because it could be an apple. Like, oh, we, doctor, you know, we could totally, <laughs> we could totally hear you chewing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was going to be a problem. <laughs> I'll, I'll mute my mic while I chew there. You go ahead and do the summary. All right, but don't forget if you want to chime in, just un- don't forget go, to un- I'll remember. I'll remember. Unmute. <laughs> All right, Can you hear me? <laughs> so, no? So, Can you hear me? So we start off uh, with Riker beaming back aboard the Enterprise from the space station, and um, he seems really upset. And when he uh, when he is aboard the space station, suddenly once he's aboard the Enterprise, the station space yeah space station suddenly explodes, um, and then the mystery begins, and we find out. <laughs> Come with me, and you'll be in a world of true imagination. Okay. <laughs> I can't. You're distracting me even in mute because I can see the doctor you can't see him audience but I can see him in a little tiny square on my screen and it's terribly distracting so I'm going to look off toward the window over here or wait no I think he's uh, done chewing you're going to you're going to have to help me out man <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't know this was going to be such a problem <laughs> I'm watching I'm watching I'm trying your- to be casual and informal <laughs> I'm watching your facial expressions, and I just can't help but crack up. I don't know what it is. It's okay, a, all right. It's a very funny thing. So, Space Station Regular One. <laughs> it is Regular One. You're it right. is Regular One. <laughs> Even though it's a different species, and it's an alien race, they have the, I guess they have the template for the Space Station. Right, it's, yeah, I think there's a, you know, it's, they're all prefab. It's pretty easy. There's only certain designs. And Space Station Regular One explodes. <laughs> um, Riker, there, there's uh, there's a moment of suspense. Did we get Riker back? Um, and thankfully, O'Brien managed to beam him aboard before the station explodes. And then it's revealed that uh, Riker is, is uh, accused of murder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the chief scientist aboard the space station was engaging in, uh, in uh, some research... And there's a uh, apparently what was it called there was the Creighton wave, Creighton cra- cra- no. waves, Krieger, right? Krieger waves, Krieger waves, <laughs> Krieger waves. That's right. <laughs> and um, so what happens? Uh, Riker, uh, someone from the planet, uh, decides to come aboard and arrest Riker. And Picard's like, "Well, hold on a minute. Let's. Why don't we have a? Why don't we do a hearing and let's hear it out?" Because uh, he convinces. The investigator that the holodeck can recreate uh, this the um, the situation uh, the testimony of the uh, of the people who are involved in the investigation and what and proceeds to unfold is a sort of a, a Rashomon style um, recreation of what allegedly happened from the different points of view of the people who are aboard the station. Uh, uh, whilst this is all going on, the Enterprise is experiencing some strange. Uh, wh- how would you describe it? Strange, um, uh, just anomalous events that are occurring. 
as it's cutting res- power. It's, yeah, it's, like it's actually malfun- causing damage to the ship, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, malfunctions, right. Right. And um, I believe it's Wesley. Uh, it's Wesley, right? Yeah, this is a Wesley, Wesley with Jordy. Wesley hmm? comes to save the day type of... Wesley <laughs> comes to save the day once again. I think, And if I realizes... Yeah, yeah, it's Wesley. Uh, discovers that these Krieger waves are actually... He did... Add, the, the, the scientist did, in fact... Uh, discover a way of, of uh, creating these Krieger waves and because of the holodeck simulations are so exact so exact to the, most, to the most to the most molecular detail these Krieger waves are being reproduced Accurate. as well, accurately yeah, they're being yeah because the, the exact you're right <laughs> it's using the specs Provided by the ship's, the uh, station's uh, data, basically, to create it. You're right. Right. So they keep happening, and essentially, uh, they, uh, Picard in a in, uh, Inspector, Inspector Poirot moment, <laughs> uh, gathers everyone together on the holodeck and says, um, it was you, Colonel Mustard. <laughs> with the knife in the kitchen. Uh, and Colonel Mustard actually turns out to be the guy who was killed. Um, the scientist, he himself uh, created the explosion that blew up the station in an attempt to kill Riker. And that's the end of the episode. And that's the end of the episode. Um, there's three different perspectives shown to us on the holodeck simulations and what that's what i remember about this episode the most was how different those three recreations were like riker's version he's by the book he's doing the starfleet thing that you would suspect in fact it's almost a little too by the book. Isn't it? <laughs> Just, Do you think Riker is holding back a little? There there may, you know, <laughs> there, there may there may be some uh some omissions there, but I would say that I believe that it's that it's for the you know, it's very accurate. Then you get But it's a, not 100% accurate. No, it's not it's not 100% accurate at all. Which is why, why? Why? Why do you doubt that? What, what do you think is missing? To be cheesy, because it's a matter of perspective. Like, don't we all think we're doing the right thing when we're doing, when we're, if we're good people, right? Riker's a good mm-hmm. person, you know. Right? Riker's a good person, but did you? But <laughs> did you get the sense that you know when people realized? I think, I think what was what missing was, from Riker's uh, perspective, quote unquote, was I believe he probably did turn the charm on and flirt with <laughs> with Dr. Avgar's uh, wife. I don't think he was as professional, quote-unquote, perhaps, as we are led to believe. However, when we see her perspective, I don't think that's true either. No, I no, don't no, no. think that's, that's, that Riker was so far... That's over the top. Yeah, that's that was extremely over the top. But it was interesting to see, though, because, again, the episode is about people's perspectives and one can assume what if from doctor his wife's perspective Riker was definitely coming on strong you know like right. that there there's an argument for that and um and then we finally see the uh 
I think that's it, right? The the two. Well, and the, the the technician, the oh, right. assistant that's to right. the. That's right. She has her own. Right, which I guess is there to fill the. Um, the missing pieces. Of she's the, giving the the professor, the dead professors. Right, the Doctor Apgar's story. Right. I guess, yeah. She says, "This is what he told me." Right. And then and, it kind of. Um, you also actually then see a little bit more of a fair portrayal of all the parties, but then finally. You, so somewhere in these three perspectives is definitely the truth, which is interesting. Right. right. But then finally, you, because of this mystery of of the of these anomalies and the damage that's being caused to the Enterprise, uh, it leads. What's wonderful about this episode, it kind of leads Jordy and Wesley and Data. I think is involved too. Um, I'm just I don't remember because it's been a couple. It's been a week. Yeah, or so. no, yeah, <laughs> it's you're right. It's Data. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. three of them. So then. Um, that leads them to create an ending that is exact. That is true because in all the other endings, minus Riker's, Riker kills. Apgar. The speculation is that Riker turns around and fires his phaser at the at Apgar before he transports away. Right. right. And what what actually happens, as you described in the summary, is that Apgar was trying to kill Riker. But when the transporter engaged, it actually reflected the Krieger it wave. It bounced off, right. It reflected it back to the Krieger wave mm-hmm. generator and hence causing his own destruction. So that was the actual truth of the matter was that that's what was happening. So very interesting. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think, that, uh, I think that that is the most interesting thing is, is discovering kind of addressing that we all have different perspectives on situations and what do you do about how do you find how do you navigate through life knowing that what your intention is may not be coming across to clearly to another to another well what what I what I found most fascinating about the episode is the character of Riker um we don't get many we don't get many Riker episodes. Um, like this. Or at all, really. I, I don't guess. think Riker is one that we dwell on. Like, he's... I mean, he gets some, but he, we don't get a lot of Riker episodes. Um, but but I, I think it's interesting... Go ahead. But I definitely feel... So... I don't know if we get, like, a Riker-specific episode often, but, like, there's the dad... We've already had, like, the dad episode. We've already which was had, last season. Right, right. Which, and then we've already had the Q episode that which stands out. Which was the out, first season. Right. And then you have a lot of... And then Riker's a dominant figure in many episodes where he's not maybe the main focus, but, like, for example, the Angel one. <clears throat> you know, that's about Riker in a way. Which was the first season. Yeah, so I, I think Riker is... You know, if we were to compare it to the original series, how the focus was definitely Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, I think it's Picard, Riker. No, Data. no, no. I, I, I think we've got Data, <coughs> Picard. Do you think Data? I think we is, clearly. Data's I think, above Picard. Are you listing him no, first? No. Uh, yeah. Possibly, yes. Wow. Depending on the season. Remember last season, there was like a whole slew of Data episodes. I think Data and Picard sort of go neck and neck, I think, by the ending of the show. And I think um, I think Worf comes close third by the end of the show. Uh, Troy is up there. But I think Riker probably is... I mean, I mean, Dr. Crusher ranks at the bottom. But I think, <laughs> I, 
I mean, I don't think she gets many. No, I mean, I don't think she gets many episodes that it's about her, where she's the right. the, the, the central thing. But but getting back to to I Riker, think, I'm sure there's data out there. We're gonna have to look this up. But go on. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that that's what this show's about, right? Right. Uh, that's what our thing is. Uh, we should keep tallies. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, I think what was most interesting is the fact that when it was revealed that you know Riker may have had of uh, a little fling, a little fatal attraction fling <laughs> down there. Nobody really, <laughs> nobody really, nobody's really surprised. Uh, there's a moment where uh, Riker looks like he's literally crapping in his pants, and and he turns to Picard. He's like, Captain, I think a word with you in your ready room, and and oh, may I have a, a word with you in my ready in your ready room? And Picard's like. I don't think it would be appropriate right now. <laughs> and he just walks away. And it's sort of the implication is like, you know, you were thinking with your, you know what, down there. And yeah, do you think, I'm not so going to. Do you think that was the. Do you think the card was like kind of saying, Riker, if this is true, like, <laughs> you know, like, he's kind of like, ay, 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 Riker, why? You, but I don't think. I, I think so. Yeah, I do think so. Well, so I mean, everybody is trying. Nobody believes he killed the guy. Right. But I think everybody believes that Riker may have. <laughs> you said. It would be surprised that he, he did something with the wife. Wow. Um, that's the impression I always got. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's. You know, there are other episodes where people are accused of this or that. And and Picard is. is very much, you know, there's always a scene where Picard's there in his room and he's like, we're going to fight these charges. We're not going to da 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 But there's really not a scene in this episode where Riker and Picard sort of sit down and say, look, Will, we're going to fight this. Don't worry. I know you didn't do this. There, there's not a scene like that in the episode that I recall. I mean, Picard has a scene with Troy. <laughs> I think. Where he, where he tells her I think that... I don't know, you know, they, yeah. they, Troy is actually kind of vouching for for Riker and, and Picard's like, I know, but what can I do? They're right. They they're they're within their rights to to have Riker um, arrested and all that. So no one is is I mean, and obviously Wesley and Jordy are are working hard to prove that this phenomena is involved with 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 the explosion, but. As a judgment on, on Riker's character, I, I think it's kind of interesting. I think so. And, you know, I think that, like, I have to kind of take myself back to the first time seeing this and, you know, what was that like? And I do, I, I recall some feelings that reflect exactly what you're saying because we didn't know, in season three, we didn't know Riker very well at this point. And this is kind of like one of those moments that, like, you know, it hinges on your opinion of the character more than anything and when it comes down to it I think there is a part of us that can see um, Dr. Apgar's wife's uh, I forget her name but her perspective and and again see that she might be you know yeah I get I get it I definitely see yeah. that and you know it's hard now because of course now I see Riker in his whole context you know as a character like we you know we have the benefit of discussing this in you know, as a rewatch, so we know Riker's a great guy. So it is hard to kind of like, 
you know, but yeah, at the time I do, I do think, and, and I think it's fair, like Captain Picard, there's a, an overwhelming, it seems like there's an overwhelming amount of evidence to prove that there was a discharge of energy from Riker's location, you know. Right, That that's the thing that really is the issue, is, is, is the hard issue that they can't explain away, which is why do they have the reading that the um, there, there was, was a, a phaser, yeah. Oh, no, there's, it's a, just there's a discharge, an energy yeah. discharge, right, from Riker to wherever to where the somewhere aboard the station. Which, um, I mean, I'll, I'll say this I enjoyed the episode, I enjoyed the episode f- because I thought the um. I mean, I guess they call it the Rashomon style, right? Where it's like every, it's like three different perspectives of right. the same event. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which it's is, absolutely like uh, that. It's, of course, it's something Akira Kurosawa came up with for the movie Rashomon, which I guess had not been really done before. It was as a break from typical film narrative uh, where you, it wasn't a flashback. It was actually different perspective of the same event. Uh, being shown to the audience and you as the audience had to make up your mind well what's true and what isn't Um, so I I like that aspect of the episode but I I thought the central mystery was a bit uh, was a bit was very weak I think uh, as soon as we saw that there was some uh, uh, some anomaly with the Krieger waves I mean it's kind of obvious that's going to be the the MacGuffin. That that's the thing that okay, right. not the MacGuffin, but that's right. that's the that's it. That's the answer. You just have to get to it. And there's really not much mystery left. Uh, I mean, it's just sort but, of figuring out how it did it. But you mm-hmm. know, that's that was the smoking gun. The, um, the episode, though, you're right. It, there's not a lot going on in terms of like mystery and no. plot, except for the right. Of course, the Riker the actual like what happened situation the the three perspectives right. like which is the real thing but i did think it was an interesting commentary because i think the 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 prosecutor you know there's a scene where picard's like in our system of gov- of of uh jurisprudence thank you in our system of law uh, you're in, you're innocent until proven guilty, which is very much like the the system of law here in the United States. Um, habeas corpus, have the body, <laughs> um, and then you know the the prosecutor. What's his name? Crag. Crag. He's like, well, you're under our jurisdiction, and and you're guilty until proven innocent. In ours, and there are systems like that in our in the world. Isn't the British system? Isn't the of, British system yeah, like that? It's yeah. you have to prove your innocence, right? Right. Instead of having to be proven guilty. Um, so it's interesting to see the 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 kind of, that that argument is still going on. <laughs> yeah. In in the future, and it's a great way to bring that argument up, which is which is the better system? Should 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 the person being accused have to work to prove that they are in fact innocent or should the person being accused you know is the burden of proof on the accuser to prove that the person being accused is it's guilty guilty is in fact guilty right, right. so which yeah. <laughs> which is better what do you think doctor 
Well, I like our system. Me too. <laughs> I'm very happy with our system. Um, for sure. Uh, I think uh, when I was watching the episode, one of the things that struck me was because oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Picard sort of takes lead as uh, as basically the defensive counsel for for Riker, and. It seems I'm. Well, here's a question: Why doesn't you would think that the Enterprise D would have, at the very least, a diplomatic core always ever present? I know that the Enterprise frequently shuttles diplomats back and forth, and we've seen that already on the show. I know the captain has the powers of diplomat, but you would think that you would want a diplomat there because I think you know it isn't being captain of the enterprise enough for your for one for one guy's plate I mean does he have to be or does she have to be lead diplomat in these situations as well you would think there would be an office or there would be some there would be like a small uh, part of the crew I mean this is a galaxy class starship you would think that there would be somebody who would be, um, you know, when something like this happens, where there are transgressions of laws on, on other cultures and other planets, it's their job, like a JAG, let's say. You know that show JAG that ran for so long? Mm-hmm. Why is there not a Starfleet JAG that, okay, it's his or her job to go defend Riker? Why does Picard have to, okay, I'm going to, in addition to everything else I got to do on this damn ship, I gotta be. <laughs> I gotta well, be. I gotta defend my first officer in this. I mean, obviously he's doing it out of loyalty, but at the same time, you would think there would be somebody because this situation yeah. comes up often enough that it's not the first time Picard does this. The thing about having, I, I, I get where you're coming from to an extent, but I think that for me, what I see here is because. You know, we do. Uh, Picard's diplomatic skills are very prominent and evident, and he certainly like enjoys the enjoys it to some degree. But I think that it, it it's been established even since the original series that diplomacy is a prerequisite skill set that every starship captain has to have. I think just from the perspective of you know the mission of Starfleet is an exploratory mission. Um, being a captain is almost like, you know, being an able captain is like, is not that difficult. Like you have an entire capable crew, you have advanced technology at your disposal. Like, uh, you know, the captain rank is like certainly necessary because they treat it like a Navy. It's a Navy. It's, you know, all these things, but really the captain is the representative of the federation who on whatever ship it doesn't matter if you're the excelsior the enterprise the farragut you know the defiant you are if you're making a first encounter with an alien species or you're even going to a routine mission to deliver medical supplies you're going to be dealing with the leaders of those planets you're not going to be dealing captains you know captains of starships in the federation always deal on these large scales so i think that to me again it's just it's just we have to just assume that one of the 101 at starfleet captain school is diplomacy (laughs) it's like don't fuck it up 
if you travel to this planet, you're going to be talking to presidents and queens and kings and all this stuff. You need to be trained this way. So I think that that's one thing. But I wouldn't be surprised if there are other members of the crew, such as Counselor Troy. For, I mean, the Enterprise is, is, like, I think overly equipped with diplomatic able members of the crew, if you will. Counselor Troy can do diplomatic things. Like, That's true. You know, Troy, uh, uh, and she's <laughs> present during the... Right. Isn't she present during the um, deliberations? Del- yeah, deliberations. Um, Riker is capable. Data is capable, you know, and, and then it gets less important for some of the other... I mean, but already you have a mini-diplomatic whore aboard the Enterprise right there, you know? So, like, I think that the only time that situations that require diplomats are, like, really difficult situations, like like the upcoming Sarek, where they only <coughs> want... the. I'm going to say the Chrysalians, but that's wrong because that's from a previous episode, but whatever the... Remember the, the people in that episode will only talk to Sarek. And right. certainly he's made a career of being a diplomat in some degree, but Sarek takes care of huge stuff like peace treaties and like, you know, so, I mean, do we have someone like that on Earth? Do we have, do we have a Sarek of Earth? Like, is there a diplomat that stands out in your mind? Well, well certainly um, um, I would say <clears throat> Jimmy Carter yep, has done extensive <coughs> work around the world to... He's certainly tried, I think, based on 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 his his one of the few successes he had during his presidency um, in the Middle East, and uh, he's been involved in other situations, and and sometimes the car, the then current president has not wanted him to get involved, but I, I know Jimmy Carter has some standing like that. Of that level, and certainly um, uh, this guy that's recently passed away, who was a part of the uh, of the Irish Republican Army, I believe, um, ended up le- leading uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, I know he would go to different places with a British counterpart as sort to sort of show, you know, the Irish and the English hated each other, and yet after years and years and years made peace. I mean, this is a guy who plotted to murder, and I believe did murder, members of the royal family, and yet when he passed away recently, none, none other than the queen herself passed along her, her, her condolences to his family. I mean, what a, what a, what does that say? You know, we've come very far um, in having something like that. Um, so there, this is a couple of people, not, not like, I mean, Sarek is just like, <laughs> you know, he's, he's holy. He's, he's like the Pope uh, of Vulcan. But uh, I, I, I hear your point. Um, I still think... And, th- and there is... Starfleet has a diplomatic corps, but you also want... To, Starfleet has to, a diplomatic corps, finish, which always seems to be stationed. To fi- right, but to finish uh, the argument... Sorry, I, I just interrupted <laughs> you. No, no, go ahead. But, no, but I want to, you to... to finish the argument, I would say that like with technology it's easier to be in touch with diplomats. So, like, if Picard is in a quandary, he can open a subspace channel to, you know, Starbase 57, where the nearest, you know, or Starbase, you know, 245, where the nearest diplomatic corps happens to be stationed. I just don't think that the diplomatic corps, there should be a corps on every starship. Like, I think that 
one 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 would want to have a system set up with where diplomacy is an inherent part of you know procedure and i think that's what you know that's what is is present i don't know if it's ever spelled out that way but i i would say that it's safe to presume that starfleet has a very kind of uh diplomacy first attitude towards uh its exploration missions and even its you know other missions you're 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 certainly correct in recognizing that I mean the pattern in Star Trek has been that the captain is the lead diplomat and and that goes back to Kirk and it continues throughout all the shows and even on Enterprise which is a prequel uh, one of the many ongoing um, uh, growing pains of that crew is to Paul trying to to make Archer understand that he is the lead diplomat oh, you, know, right. you have to be diplomatic you can't just kick the doors down and take names <laughs> and well, punch I, everybody and that's a really great <clears throat> I, you know I do recall uh, that being an interesting thing about Enterprise was that the first officer was the, the diplomat in a way you know like T'Pol had to teach Archer and to show, you know, and there was no Starfleet, of course, at this time. So right. it's very telling of what, what, when Archer does establish, kind of basically establishes Starfleet, right? Isn't that the... The Federation, actually. The, he esta- he helps. He's, like, he's integral in the establishment. There the is Federation. Starfleet, but there oh, is right, no Federation. Right, sorry, that's right. So right. It, in the establishment of the Federation, clearly to Paul's influence on Archer... Has now that's actually wonderful, <laughs> a nice retcon uh, Star Trek <laughs> to to have all of this 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 diplomatic for d- diplomacy first kind of attitude uh, embodied in that relationship between T'Pol and Archer and how it evolved into the founding uh, tenets of the Federation. If I'm not uh, too uh, <clears throat> presumptuous here, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, in, I mean, I, it's just in this episode, I. <laughs> I guess um, I, I, those are the thoughts I was having. I mean, you're right. Obviously, it's a tradition of Star Trek, and I, I and I, I like it. But you know, just as you know, every every uh, Star Trek makes certain decisions as to which secondary um, positions to sort of spotlight. I mean, on Next Generation, they decided to spotlight counselors, with, you know, through Troy. Um, on on and on Enterprise, they spotlighted the armory officer, which is something that previously had not really been a position that had been spotlighted before. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a Star Trek show have something like a JAG or a you know ever present diplomat who, may, who maybe might you know butt heads a little with the captain. You know, maybe the captain is in a position where he or she will say this, but then the diplomats say, well, you're thinking, you know, you're you're thinking more like the captain of the ship and not the broader picture, which um, would be the danger of having the captain of the ship, in fact, be the person involved in things like that, where you are, of course, having loyalty to your crew, whereas the lead diplomat, in theory, would be always thinking, what is best for the Federation and Starfleet rather than one man 
or one woman, you know, involved in some scenario. Right. <clears throat> but, but at the same time, though, um, that almost I think that almost might make I, it's astonishing that we've gone on this ta- tangent. And I have something to say about Star Trek Discovery because you just kind of triggered a thought. But um, I would say that, um, <clears throat> you know, that's that's certainly an interesting thing, way of looking at things. But one would hope that because the starships are represent have a, a variety of Federation members on board as crew members, that that is what the captain is doing at all times is representing the Federation. And so by representing his crew and by like thinking about his crew and its safety um, in diplomatic situations, they'll weigh everything. But at the end of the day. You do have to think about the safety of the Federation. You can't just give away the the cart, so to speak, you know. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to go into aggressive negotiations <laughs> to quote another. Right. What is it? To quote another another uh, franchise. But um, yeah. so your idea is very cool, and it, it, you know, to have a different role spotlighted. You know, Sarek's supposed to be a character in Discovery, and maybe that's going to be his role. Who knows? Like, um, I don't know if Sarek is intended to be, you know, a, a character that's going to be ongoing or not. I don't know really a lot about Star Trek Discovery, but that might be an interesting. Um, he might have a career, you know, before he might have had a, a, a small stint on the, on a starship where he served as the lead diplomat because they were going to. Maybe there was a lot involved with, you know, hostile things like the Klingons, you know, or something. I don't know. Could be, could be interesting. We'll see. We'll we'll know soon enough. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> we'll know soon enough. Um, wow. So, <laughs> how do we get on this tangent of diplomacy? Oh, because Picard is defending Riker. <laughs> That's right. And I was thinking, you know, Picard's got enough on his plate. He's got to defend Riker as well. Like, I, like, okay, to be honest, Troy could have done it. Right, right. Picard could have delegated it to Troy. You know, Troy um, is a character that I, I spend, I, I, I probably spend a lot of time bashing on on this show, on our little thing here. But um, I do it because I think she's just she's a character that that had potential, and I don't think her her best. Uh, I don't think she was u- utilized in the best of, of ways on the show, right. and I think certainly as a, as a counselor, um, an effort like this. I, well, going back to the episode that I wasn't involved in um, that you were just talking about with the guy who was the Finn, the higher ground, higher ground, where it's she's the one that really she's the one who brings it to the captain's attention that hey. This guy is being... He's just like a pawn of this government and all this stuff. And it seemed like... It was... It, you know, she could have been the one more involved in that. You know, because she was the one that really picked up on it from the beginning. That there's something wrong... That there's there's, there's something more to this criminal that uh, you guys helped capture on behalf of this planet... This guy is actually being used by this government, and it was she who discovered it. And so she has kind uh, of like an investigative quality. Sorry, you're talking about the hunted, right? No, right. That's the Troy. I thought you were talking about the Doctor Crusher 
Oh, no, 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 no. no. Okay, I'm talking sorry. about the one the where there's yeah, a guy the who keeps escaping. Right, right. Okay, so, but, but like, I mean, at the end of the day, though, I think Captain Picard isn't the type of commander that would, that wouldn't represent his first officer directly. Like, you know, uh, he becomes Worf's Shadish in, in uh, that, the mm. discommodation episode. Like, he... You know, we've seen right. any defense data right. when data when is data's, right. Right. So I think that, you know, just Picard by his nature isn't gonna let you know, and he and he and there's a lot of weight to that. I mean Picard's like a decorated, like very revered cap captain. So like when he when he gives a side, when he t- when he chooses the side of his crew, it I think there's a lot of weight to it. And so that's why it's kind of poignant in this episode when he's like, "Hey Riker, like no, we can it would be inappropriate to have this conversation <laughs> cuz like I can't, you know, I have to be impartial." Mm-hmm. Here, yeah, it's a blow. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> it's a blow to Commander Riker, I think. Um, cuz I'm sure he just wants to know where the captain sits on on his judgment you know right um, and i think he wants to assure his captain that hey i, I didn't right he also have any kind of that, fling yeah. with this with this but woman. i think it shows just i i really love that captain picard isn't afraid to be completely like um impartial and fair and even if it means and I, again, in his, in this situation, he is a fine diplomat for the Federation because he doesn't fully blindly take the side of Riker. He is open to the possibility that his first officer committed a crime. You know, mm-hmm. and so that that's important. Now, the other thing I wanted to discuss was the nature again, the nature of the holodeck and its ability to recreate things so. Accurately. Accurately. Um, I mean, okay, this laboratory, I mean, the Krieger waves were being replicated because it actually recreated uh, this guy's laboratory perfectly. So his experiment worked. And uh, I think there's a mention that the reason he didn't want... uh, the Starfleet to know is because he may have been sell he may have sold he may have been thinking of selling it to the Ferengi, I think you said, and the Romulans or something. I think it <coughs> was that right? I think the Romulans were involved in this episode. <clears throat> which but I think I the would Ferengi like were mentioned, I believe. May, perhaps, but I would like to just bring which up I thought that was interesting. I, I would like to bring up how often now the Romulans are being mentioned <laughs> in season yeah. three. And yes, so absolutely. You I think they definitely uh, this goes to like kind of prove a little bit of a point from an earlier discussion where I said the Romulans are a big deal in Star Trek the Next Generation <laughs> and like in this season it seems like yes they're building up to it mm-hmm. but my assertion is that after a certain point it's, it's just going to drop we'll see we'll it's just going to drop but I think like but you, certainly in this season we've had a lot it's it's right. that's see that's what I'm saying everywhere there's like something nefarious going on Oh, but the Romulans, the Romulans. You know, where in season one, it was always the Ferengi, the Ferengi. But here, it's suddenly from season three onward, or actually season, maybe midway through season two, we've got Romulans, Romulans, which is, it's it's building up. You're feeling the tension. <laughs> right. It's like a, a little Cold War going on there. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. So it's great that you 
<laughs> you pointed that out because it's true. Absolutely. Um, but okay. So my point is, like for example, when Jordy had his little hollow deck, his little hollow love affair with uh, Leo Brahms, and they're in the uh, they're recreating the. Uh, the 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 warp core in the <laughs> of, I mean I mean like is that really another warp core I mean no I think the you know what I'm saying like like how far does this go I think the how far does the holodeck go right I think the difference here is that like uh, because it was a court proceeding I think there was a request made to to for it to be as you know, accurate as possible. And so I think that's, again, computers take things literally, like they don't infer anything. So the computer literally recreated, you know, followed the, it's like the one time in the holodeck where Jordy requests a foe, uh, an adversary worthy or not even worthy, capable of defeating data. The computer then like, and remember in that episode, like resources get, like like moved and things like that because the computer's like well okay if that's what you want I can here you know, it is here it is you know so th- it is interesting because um, it shows what the potential of computing in general is you know and and when we do get to the point where we are creating you know, if you look at what the holodeck is it's actually like it's a room a self-contained universe it's like a it's smaller it's bigger on the inside you know or whatever like if you (laughs) if you think (laughs) about it um the holodeck is kind of stolen in a sense from and this is something that i'm it's nothing new i mean these are things that have come up in science fiction you know entering a room in which you explore a whole universe you know it's it's certainly doctor who uh (laughs) comes to mind but if you think about what is actually happening in the holodeck, it is fascinating because matter is being replicated at times, and then some things are not actual. It's it's a combination of of all these technologies to make it a real experience. And like in the enemy, I mean, what what they're standing on is a is probably a replicated version of whatever mountain that is like but just like a portion of it and then the rest of it is obviously simulated to make you feel like you're there but i bet wind blows on the holodeck i bet like smells mm-hmm. are there you know oh, things, yeah, all these you know all these things <clears throat> happen um so the holodeck's a wonderful place i mean like and it, it that is what we're developing i mean like uh humans seem to be obsessed with traveling to places virtually <laughs> you know and i wonder what is that what is behind that i don't know but uh maybe there's a feeling of safety when you put on a virtual reality you know goggle and and that's certainly an interesting thing you know but but the holodeck is kind of the ultimate accumulation of that um and so yeah it's and then couple that with the ship's computer which seems to be able to like think uh, which seems to be able to just give you what you want to an extent, you know. So if you ask it for the most accurate representation of the Apgar generator, it's going to create, <laughs> using mm-hmm. the data available, the most accurate representation of the Apgar generator. And so I do think that is fascinating. Um, I mean, where I know. do think that there's a hole is doesn't the computer then have safety protocols? <laughs> like just general programming that says, Hey, monitor this creation 
on the holodeck. If it's doing yeah. some weird shit, then let us know about it. And that's the part right. that I thought maybe was... Because little- obviously in this case, it, you know, doesn't the computer... Uh, doesn't the computer itself make the connection that the Krieger waves that are harming the ship are a result <laughs> of the holographic program happening right. in the holodeck? I mean, the fact that the computer itself cannot make that determination is a bit worrisome. Right. Well, the I idea, mean, it takes Wesley to figure yeah. it out. Which, by the way, I think it's great that we've... Uh, we're back to... I mean, it's been a while since Wesley has saved the day. Um, <laughs> I feel I feel like we haven't seen uh, Ensign Crusher I don't, in a I, uh, proactive yeah. manner in a while. I don't remember um, what what he does to even figure it out. <laughs> he just knows. <laughs> but if I'm not mistaken, he, he figures he's the one that figures it out. If I'm not mistaken, I him and Jordy. You know, I could be mixing so many things up because there's also the later episode where the glass melts. Remember. And I think Wesley comes up with with the It's also Wesley. There. It's also yeah. Wesley. I don't know if yeah. Wesley's the one in this one, is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, Wesley has... Because I think there's even a, a comment made that Wesley is very... Because Wesley has a, has a special uh, loyalty to Riker. You know, Riker is the That's one right. that You're came up right. with the idea of, of... I mean, obviously with Picard's blessing to... Have him be a, a non-commissioned off, uh, non-commissioned uh, crewman aboard the Enterprise, and Riker's the one who I guess makes his schedule and all this stuff. So he, right. he's got a special um, affection for Riker. Um, so Wesley was work. You you got the sense that he was working extra hard to to help. Uh, to help Riker. That's right. And um, no, he well, and then I, you just triggered the memory, and I remembered the 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 burn on the Wesleyan LaForge are investigating the whole thing, right? right. Yeah, yeah, the hall, right? Now, um, and then the other thing, which is the um, and it and it's Wesley's refusal to believe Riker is guilty. That even leads them. Because <laughs> Wesley's a bit naive, right? And everybody's kind of like, wow, Wes, <laughs> we got to tell you. <laughs> See, everybody else, all the adults in the room are kind of like, no, he could have done Wesley. it. Good on Wesley for, uh, for being naive. I think that's important. I, I think like with your, you know, I, I feel like if you're... <laughs> It's tough, man. It's tough because uh, look, right? It, I think the first, <laughs> at the very least, the first season established that Riker is a bit of a of a Lothario. Is that the correct? Uh, wow, wow! Would you? That's so. Uh, is, is that the correct know. term? I don't know. Please, uh, my English is not is English it, is not my first language. Um, is is he just? A, I just think of him as a harmless flirt. Well, but okay, but then when you look at episodes like the marvelous Akuna, and you see that there's this bevy of beauties who are just yeah, leave the doors open and like yeah, man, just come on in. You, you don't, 
Riker has certainly taken advantage of that. I think I think you and I both I, know that. But I think and so, I think we've talked about this before, but like sex in the future is like is viewed differently than than today. And I think Riker Right, I think Riker takes advantage of that. <laughs> he's like part of it. Like he's not right. it's not like he's taking advantage of it, but I think he's he's a lover, not a fighter at heart, you know. Right, exactly. Like, That's why it's no surprise like, that he may have done something with the guy's wife. I don't think that I do think that up until now we've That's seen the impression nothing, I got. Up until now we've seen nothing to indicate that Commander Riker would be so unscrupulous as to like, you know, actually sleep with another person's wife. And I don't remember No, right. No, maybe he didn't but but right. he may have come on very flirty with her and there's a little, you know. I think if you look at the relationship between Apgar and his wife from the the Riker perspective one in that one she throws himself on him so something ha- something definitely happened you know and again, they both kind of saw it in a in a different way because i think she's definitely not happy completely with 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 Apgar he was like a nervous guy i mean he's like, just like you know he he was worried about everything and like the parts that we do see that are real because doesn't it open with a discussion before Riker leaves like between the two of them there's like a hint of what he actually was like mm-hmm. doesn't the episode yeah. open with the actual yeah race? he no I mean he there's definitely tension between the two of them in and what I, we and, genuinely and there's see even, there's even a scene where Apgar's wife feels neglected there's like I forget I think but that's all been, interpretation of one person or another. Right, but it wasn't... But wh- I guess what I mean to say is that there's... You know, what to what level of extreme there was of that. But I think that Apgar himself, you know, was not the best husband. So I could see somewhere in the middle of this, like, kind right, of... Right, it's in the middle. It. It's in there But somewhere, like you, you know, said like, before, Riker's <laughs> interpretation came off as, like... Oh yeah, yeah no, it was a little too He would clean, never yeah. flirt with a woman. <laughs> yeah, it's true. God forbid. But you know, he's a, you know, I mean, no, I would never do that. But we all know that's BS. I mean, you said it was way too perfect. Right. So and, and, so the, think, the truth lies you, in the middle. But I think you're describing him as a Lothario. Maybe okay, a yeah. Ah, uh, that's a little it's too much. Like, that's a little too much. <laughs> it is too. Much. But you know what I'm. I'm yeah. But, right, no, but like, for a moment, everybody was kind of like, uh, well, <laughs> there was. You're right. There's like this uncomfortable, like, like yeah, yeah thing. You're like, oh, hmm. <laughs> so, oh, Commander Riker. Now I did like what what I did sort of think was uh, I liked it, but it was cheesy. It was sort of um, Picard gathering everybody together, which, of course, I mean, there's a perfectly valid reason for that. But I think the way it was done just sort of called to mind, you know, those Agatha Christie mysteries where, you know, uh, Poirot gathers together all the people in the, you know, the scene of the crime and says, well, this is how it really happened. Right, right. There was a quality of that. You're absolutely there right. There was a quality of that, which I, I think I, my, the way, I don't know, there was something about the way Patrick Stewart played it. I, I think he may have really you enjoyed that. Have, and maybe there was a nod to uh, the great detectives. Well, uh, <laughs> let's see. 
Let's see what the book says. Let, let's go to the book. Yay. Maybe maybe we're, we're completely wrong. Season three. Oh, I just realized what the next episode is. What is it? Yesterday's Enterprise. <gasps> uh, well, we'll talk. <laughs> that is uh, okay. that is exciting. I can't wait to talk about that one. Oh, my God. Okay, so this episode's major plot device, having an officer accused of murder. Oh, of course. Recalls Scotty's dilemma in the original Star Trek's Wolf in the Fold. Oh. Of course. How could I have forgotten that? But the use of the holodeck to recreate the scene of the crime adds an interesting twist. Director Cliff Boyle enjoyed what he called our little trilogy, another conceptual device that foreshadows episodes to come, including cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, while filming one of the most claustrophobic bottle shows ever. <laughs> After Data's unintentionally harsh criticism of the captain's artwork. Oh, we oh, didn't talk about that. We didn't talk scene. about that. Oh, God. That's a great. That's a really good scene, I think. <laughs> I like is, is she is she Is she naked? Yeah, it's, it's figure drawing. It's have figure never, drawing, right? You've never done figure drawing? Have you ever. Do you draw, Doctor? No. I, I don't. I, I draw, and I've done figure drawing, and the, okay, the no. models are usually nude. You no, get, I've you, never... You get over it very quickly. You're in a room yeah, full no, of I people. I haven't done that. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> Picard has never been seen painting again. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and uh, in a I moment that barely, I think Data discourages. Does it like da- that's a funny scene? Like that Data, Data is like, I love how Ensign so and so is uh, is quoting, you know, Picasso. Oh yeah, like, he goes right, through all these like praises, right. and then he comes to Picard's. He's like, uh, and hmm. he's like, he doesn't really know. It's interesting, Captain. <laughs> like, it's interesting. Yeah, um, I love also. We don't actually see the painting, which is great, right? I think we see his. We see Picard's, yes. That's I'm pretty funny. sure we see Picard's. That's funny. Uh, and in a moment that barely keeps the Riker-Troy relationship afloat, the counselor can be seen squeezing number one's hand when he is cleared. Oh. Interesting. All right. And that's pretty much it. On the... On the um Memory Alpha, there's an interesting bit of thing uh, here where it says Iris Stephen Bear and Ron Moore were scathing in their opinions of the episode, would both name it as the worst episode of the third season. Bear in particular called the episode a disaster and arguably even his least favorite of all the Star Trek episodes he ever worked on. Wow. Oh, Iris Stephen Bear? Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> he has a very high standard. He's Deep Space Nine's. Um, well, yeah, it's true, but still, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would call this the worst episode. I would, certainly, we talk. The a mystery lot, is weak. We talk a lot about rewatchability factor, and I will say it is a okay. I've seen it. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, the mystery is weak. Yeah. Um, the only thing, the only reason to rewatch is just to. 
it's just to see Riker squirm a little because I mean again and it could just be my own interpretation but I, I think the crew kind of um, <laughs> they're all kind of like oh did he really do it uh, but in general the miss if, if you look at the the mechanics of the episode the miss it is intended to be a mystery and the mystery is extremely the mystery is just not there there is no mystery you know that the professor's experiment is what has caused his death you just have to figure out how and and to be honest the techno babble is just not interesting um, I think this is perhaps we're seeing the beginning of you know a, a later Star Trek shows I think were accused were not accused but were um, they they really relied on techno babble a lot I think that was sort of the one of the nails in the coffin for Voyager and certainly later next generation episodes could be accused of relying too much on techno babble I think this is kind of an early indicator of you know in a typical mystery a, let's say a mystery set in our time you know, we could. There are things that we could relate to. Where you know, I don't know, uh, a knife, a gun. Somebody leaves a. Somebody sabotages a car, and the brakes don't work, or something like that. And and we 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 somehow have some relation to the crime, the execution of the crime itself. But this techno babble is something that we really don't have any relationship with. It's just. It's kind of abstract to us, so it doesn't really work in the context of a mystery, especially as something that kills someone. So um, I think I guess that's where I I guess that's where uh, it's a matter of perspective. To me, the mystery was not interesting, and I but the focus of it to me. I guess I really love the exposition and like the exploration mm-hmm. of the characters, and that's what was strong, very strong in this episode in my mind. So that's, it was. That's the strength know, of like, the episode. Yeah, the strength of the episode. Interestingly, about the techno babble, um, again on Memory Alpha, scientific consultant David Krieger recalled that this episode was one of the few times that he was invited in person to a story conference. According to Krieger, the main problem faced by the writing staff was how to threaten the ship while still maintaining the proposition that the holodeck should not um, itself create dangerous objects. Krieger noted at the whiteboard in Michael Pillar's office, I explained my idea of making the holodeck... So there are safety protocols that prevent the holodeck from being dangerous to answer our question from earlier, the one that I posed, like, isn't there something, right? So Krieger's way around that, which I'd forgotten, <laughs> was apparently that the hol- so. I explained my idea of making the holodeck construct construct merely as a reflector concentrator for an outside radiation source. That's right. The, con- the reconstruction of the dead scientist's laboratory was not itself inherently dangerous as per the it's series Bible. It's when it Bible. reacts to the thing on the planet. The, the power source on the planet is emitted right. at every interval, and that's what we find out. So, yeah, actually the computer didn't create... A dangerous anything. It had no way of knowing it was creating a dangerous anything. It just created, like the, the reflector. No, the, the ref- actual right. reflector itself. Right. And it was the ref- and so by doing that, whenever the power source would appear, it would create a Krieger wave. But you can see where the, where somebody could possibly tune out at all that. 
I could see it. I mean, I find all you know, that stuff and, so and it, suddenly, yeah. But the the problem, you're like, yeah. uh, what? I think the science, the science enthusiast in me, has always loved all the techno babble because I always it makes me always ask, what is that based on? Or you know, it, it has gotten me to explore many things about science just by asking, what are they talking? You know, as opposed to tuning it out, I think my curiosity is peaked by not knowing what the heck they're talking about because I'm wondering how far did the production go in making this uh, based on scientific theory you know and, and oftentimes Star Trek does a really good job they do of, no, they, they do. basing they obviously things do. on actual theory of the time you know but it's a smaller audience that I would, I would is to- interested in that yeah I whereas totally a broader audience you know yeah uh, well I, I guess I guess we should in light of hearing what every, all everybody else on the who worked on the show thought of it, I guess we sh- we should maybe salvage it a little. Um, what do you? Yeah, I think. Uh, what do I you think give this episode? This episode's going to be a six point five for me. You you like those point fives, don't you? You think I, that somehow well, you uh, asked gives it a this. little. I wanted a a one to five rating scale, and you said there was no. Subtlety in the one to five. That the, that the that's true. I don't. The, I don't believe in the subtlety one to one ten to has subtlety, and yes. so I'm going to utilize the subtlety here. The full range <laughs> of that. Well, in that case, I will give this a six point two three one five. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're going to have to go back and like record all of our ratings at some point. Now's the time to do it before we get too deep into our discussions to just see what... Apparently DS9, I mean, Drunk Space 9 has a... Doesn't Drunk Space 9 have a, 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 a tally keeper of some kind? Well, Database Girl. Database Girl, yeah. Why, we right. need a... We need a... I guess we need a Data himself. Yeah. <laughs> we need data. <laughs> we need somebody in uh, stellar cartography to chart our, I, our course. Doctor, I don't know if we really talked about the episode, but like you said, there wasn't really a lot going on in terms of the mystery. I think we I, talked plenty no, about the I, episode. No, but we went on these, like, in my view, we went on these incredible tangents, but I think they all related. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, we did, you're right, no, we talked about it for over an hour. We summarized it. <laughs> we summarized it. <laughs> we give visual examples with the figures. I mean, so at the, end, wanna... at the end of the day, I, like Wesley, am choosing to definitely believe in Commander Riker, although I don't think his perspective, which naturally I think is established, is necessarily what really happened. Right, right, right. But no, our, I agree. But as our, uh, as our friend um, <clears throat> Spock's uh, great ancestor once maintained, if you eliminate... The impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. And I think uh, that's certainly the case here. All right, Doctor, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper.